0: Hey folks welcome to it episode number two of the burks beat podcast danny burke your host on twitter you can follow along at danny burke five for more of my articles on my website burksbeat.com is where you can head to we've got tons to go over on today's episode we are joined by special guest jeff Parles, folks you know him been doing plenty of work with him in the past and now he is over at the south point there at the tip of the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada, hosting sports by the book. Not only him, but he's got an all-star cast. Chris Andrews, Vinny Maiulo, Jimmy Vaccaro. They've got a plethora of talent that they dish out there on every single show covering college football, NFL, they'll have college basketball after this football season for sure with March Madness around the corner and much more. So on today's episode, I'll pick Jeff's brain about NFL Week 18, whether or not he Has some interest in this slate because I know it differs from person to person. Also want to ask him about some awards, right? Coach of the year. Is it coming out to the wire or do we have a clear favorite? Kevin Stefanski is that guy, but is it warranted? Is it going to come to fruition? And then what's even more intriguing and I just all over the, I don't even know if all over the place is the right way to say it, but I think there is a public sentiment of how it should go but then another way of how it's going to go is comeback player of the year so we'll ask Jeff what he thinks about that and then we'll conclude with his thoughts on the NFC which teams may be worth a long shot based on their odds and then similarly we'll do that on the AFC so tons to go over when Jeff comes on momentarily but before we bring in our pal Jeff let me recap and tell you the bets that I did make for NFL week 18 now full disclosure I'm not going to go very much in depth to these plays. And some of these numbers have moved a little bit. If you do want the full breakdown, make sure you check out the last episode previewing NFL week 18, where I give you my full in-depth analysis, but we do have a play on each of the two games this upcoming Saturday, beginning with the Ravens catching three in the hook at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now this number has moved to three consensus. So at three, I'm not recommending that you jump in considering you've had plus three and a halves, so you've had plus fours available all week. I missed the four when I did the when I did the episode the other day. The fours came out, naturally, right after we posted it, but still feels solid, hopefully with three and a half. But at the key number of three, I think you just wait for an in-game spot. Again, Baltimore sitting a lot of their guys. So it wouldn't shock me to think that Pittsburgh can get out to a sizable lead at some point in this game, then you get a better number with Baltimore. So at this point you just wait, but we did take plus three and a half with Baltimore. I don't think they're going to go down easily. They're going to want to prevent their division rival from getting into the postseason. They don't want to make the same mistakes that they did a couple years ago when they didn't give a crap about their final game of the year and had the bye and then eventually lost to the Titans. And you've seen them take a lot of those precautions and necessary steps even further this year than they have in years past to correct those type of things, like how they traveled for the international game, so on and so forth. So yeah, we're taking the points with Baltimore. In the other Saturday game, we originally saw the Colts laying a point and a half. It is now flipped. Houston is a slight favorite, and I laid minus 118 with them as a slight favorite on the money line. This Saturday evening, it's a playoff game for these teams win and you're in. And I think Houston is the team to do it. You got the much better quarterback. You got a better defense, not a largely better defense, but better enough to give them a slight advantage. Coaching wise, it's a toss up, but all in all, I'm giving the nod to Houston and I think they get the job done, folks. So those are my two bets on Saturday. And then for the Sunday slate, I laid three with Detroit, this number now up to three and a half. Even a book has four out there, I see. Again, I, I you know, at three and a half, I, I don't really want you laying it out there. I know there's some minus threes at minus 120. I'm not infatuated with it, but I did get it at minus 115. And, you know, the line moving that way is telling you that there is more conviction that Detroit isn't going to take their foot off the pedal, right? I mean, again, a situation you can keep your division foe out of the postseason. Dan Campbell pissed from last weekend. He's not a guy who's going to let up easy. You want to end your season on a high note. You still technically have a chance for the two seed, albeit, you know, the Cowboys almost a two-touchdown favorite. You need them to lose. They're probably not going to, but still, I don't think Dan Campbell is going to surrender easily. So, yeah, minus three at minus 120 is the highest I'd go. Otherwise, stay back. Wait to see if you get a better number. But I did take minus three at minus 115. Uh, The Bears, we took plus three against the Packers. Jeff and I will talk about it a little bit later in the show. But yeah, this is the Bears Super Bowl. I think if the Bears had playoff implications on the line, that the spread would be shorter. I think it would be about one and a half. That's probably where I would put it. But the Bears do have a lot to play for. Pride. Keeping their rival out of the postseason. Revenge for getting embarrassed by this team to begin the year. Fighting for their guy, Justin Fields, to remain their quarterback. The coaching staff, Eberflus still set in place. There's a camaraderie there. A lot of things go into this spot that make it a viable matchup, especially when you're catching three for the Bears. So, yes, at three or better, I like Chicago. And then we got the Raiders minus two and a half. Las Vegas, they're trying to get their guy Antonio Pierce to stay there. You hear them in the media. The players want them as their coach. They want it. They want Antonio Pierce as his coach. And, look, the Broncos, no, I don't think they're going to give up per se. But I think you had that magic with Stidham last week, and I think that will fall down a little bit more so in this game against a lot better defense. And a defense that has been playing very strongly under Antonio Pierce. Aino Connell is worrisome, don't get me wrong. But I do like the Raiders minus two and a half. Snag that at minus 115 as well. This number's moved up to three. So again, if you can get under the key number of three, I like the Raiders at three. You're probably just staying away. So those are the plays we talked about the other day. Make sure you shop around. Try to get the best number. And also just if you don't get it right now, it doesn't mean you have to buy something down or force anything Wait to see also where these movements occur as we get closer to kickoff, right? Have a little patience sometimes and try to get a good read on the market. I know it's one of the harder things to do, but it's better than forcing something and paying extra for it when you could eventually end up getting a better number. It's hard to, you know, avoid that. Everybody falls victim to it, but for your casual bettors out there, it's it's important that you try to do that on a weekly basis. So, yeah, that's what I got For NFL Week 18. But enough of me blabbering, folks. Let's get into our interview with our guy Jeff Parles, get his thoughts on NFL Week 18, the futures market, and much more. Okay, now it is time to welcome on our first guest, none other than Jeff Parles at Jeff Parles, where you could follow him on Twitter or X, however you refer it to. I guess nowadays you can also catch him hosting the show Sports by the Book over at the South Point Hotel, Casino and Spa alongside him. He's got a good crew of Chris Andrews, Vinnie Maiulo, and Jimmy Vaccaro. Jeff, my man, we uh, we have finally made it to NFL Week 18. Some love this final week, some not so much. They despise it and don't think there's as many good opportunities. Which camp do you fall into? And it may change season to season. You know, I find myself having a plethora of bets. But in the past, I have had some disdain for it. But how do you view this final week of the year?
1: Yeah, first off, good, thanks for having me, Danny. Always, always love chatting with you. Uh, I'll say this with this with Week 18 the old week 17, it would be just more selective. I get why some sharps love it because it basically is an extra preseason week. That is obviously the final week of a regular season. Uh, This year is a little bit more difficult for me because this is again, the, the way the league has been this year, it's been more unpredictable than usual. I would say again, I've had a reasonable year, but for this in particular week, I'm pretty quiet. All things considered, other than the games where teams have something to play for. And I, I'm not touching Cleveland and Cincinnati. Uh, I I The Jets and the Patriots I'm touching, but for a different reason. Uh, but there are a lot of games. Like wh- the Rams and the 49ers, for example, where it's Carson Wentz against Sam Darnold. The Rams, I'm a little surprised the Rams are shutting it down this week because I think there's a pretty considerable difference between getting the 6 and the 7, where if they lose and Green Bay wins, Green Bay would be the 6 and the Rams would be the 7. I think there's a pretty significant difference in that, because going to Dallas as the 7 and then having to play San Francisco automatically right away as opposed to going to Detroit and then maybe Dallas loses and then you avoid the Niners until the NFC title game, I think that's pretty important. So I'm a little surprised that the Rams shut it down like that. So it's again, it's a difficult week for some. Uh I have had some success in the past. I've also had years where I've gotten walloped because I read games wrong. So uh just pay attention to who's starting. We obviously all, l- late in the week, we know already. But also pay attention in game, Danny, where there's sometimes, and this happened. You remember that Bucks Falcons game last year where Bulls played the starters for the first half and then benched oh, everyone? Yeah second half tampa was plus money money line first half last year which was ridiculous so be on the lookout for some of those where the market is wrong on a first half and then is wrong going to the second half there's plenty of ways to bet this that you can find ways here Danny.
0: Yeah, that's a fantastic point. I mean, being cognizant about what is on the line for a lot of these matchups pre-flop, because you just know what your preconceived notion is heading into the game with these teams, but then understanding, hey, if this team's fighting for a spot, but you see another team's already doing well, and maybe they have to take out some guys, vice versa, whatever it may be, very important to know that heading into this wonky week 18. Uh, Jeff, I'm glad you brought up the Jets and the Patriots. I was going to ask you about this regardless, you being a Jets fan, but I was also listening to some people talk about this game. And, you know, to the common eye, you're, you know, casual NFL fan. Most people aren't going to give a damn about this game. And why would you? It's a Patriots versus the Jets. But what's interesting here is that this could very well be Bill Belichick's last game as the coach of the New England Patriots. And I know that has brought some people onto the side of New England here, and we see them at about minus one and a half right around there. Seems to be the consensus number, at least out in my neck of the woods. How are you assessing this game? Are you buying into the motivation of Belichick's last game? Are the Patriots already mailing it in? What are we thinking for this matchup between the Patriots and Jets, which could just be an absolute disaster?
1: I like New England. This week, Danny, I think the Patriots are, at the moment, the better football team. And In all honesty, if New England had even just an, a bad offense in that three-game stretch where the defense gave up 10 and they lost all three, New England would actually, like, this would look like a me- a regular mediocre team and not a team that is picking in the top five. And the Jets, other than that win against Washington, The last three weeks, I mean, look, they got blasted by Miami. They got blasted by Cleveland. Uh, The Washington game, they gave up a 20-point lead to Jacoby Brissett, and then Zerline bailed him out. They're a bad football team right now, and they're starting Trevor Simeon. So the quarterback matchup is pretty even. Maybe a little small advantage to Zappi, but not enough. Not a lot. Uh, But I like New England. I'm not even taking the, hey, this could be the last game for Bill uh, thing in there. I'm taking that Belichick is looking for a 16 straight win against the Jets. So... I uh, I like New England. I think they're playing better football right now. And I think the Jets are a DOA team at the moment.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I haven't bet this one yet. It may be one where I kind of just throw in on the side, not an official play, but just throwing a little bit of a half unit or something like that. Because aside from the Belichick narrative, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think the Patriots have played like the better team. And I guess the question, too, I mean, you being a Jets fan, you're very tuned in to what's happening with the organization. I mean, has everybody kind of mailed it in on the side of the Jets? So what's been the reading with Sala? I mean, it seems like there's a different news story every week surrounding him. And then, of course, the quarterback controversy this season.
1: Well, I mean, look, if it were up to me, I would fire the GM, who's over 30 games under 500. And I would fire the head coach, who has proven that he's a good, an excellent defensive mind and that he's a defensive coordinator and not a head coach i woody johnson's already said they're coming back you, you, aaron Rodgers wants to play for his coaching staff so they're gonna they're gonna cater to Rodgers. and i think it's a mistake uh to do it because they've proven the gm is not capable of putting together a quality nfl roster and the head coach is not capable of winning more than seven games in the season so again we'll we'll see what happens It's it's a mess total mess and this team should, even with A. Rogers getting hurt, this team should not have been as bad as they've shown the uh, during the season, where they're either going to go six and eleven or seven and ten.
0: All right, Jeff, before we get to some player awards and just awards in general, I want to ask you about uh, before we move off of this NFL Week 18 slate, I'm going to throw out the bets that I talked about on the other episode. And uh, I want you to either, you know, say if you agree with it or if you want to criticize me and push back a little bit on some of the games i played. So on Saturday, I took three and a half with Baltimore. I also took the Texans over the Colts for Sunday. I did the Lions minus three. Raiders minus two and a half, and Bears plus three. Now, the full breakdown, again, you can hear it on the previous episode. I won't go all into it, but a lot of that has to do with motivation, coaches not wanting to give up despite some of their starters sitting, and just, you know, that Texans and Colts game. I just think the Texans are the better team. That's essentially a playoff game. But, yeah, that's what I got for this upcoming slate. Again, past Week 18s, I've had maybe one play, this year's weird because I have a handful of them. So uh, anything stand out to you with the list of plays that I've got for this upcoming weekend?
1: All right. So I just want to make sure I have these right. Ravens plus three and a hook. Houston, mm-hmm. Detroit, Bears at three, and the Raiders at two or two and a half?
0: Uh, two and a half. And then the Lions were at three.
1: Okay. Um, let's go one by one. You want to go one by one here? Yeah, uh, let's do it. First game uh, at three and a half. I'd only play Baltimore three. Now that is out there, I would consider looking at Pittsburgh. Um, I, this Steeler team has defied logic all year, Danny. I think they stink. <laughs> I think they stink. Yeah. But Mason Rudolph has genuinely played well the last two games. And Baltimore sitting all their guys. I know we had a similar situation to this in 2019 where Robert Griffin, the third and the Ravens backups beat Pittsburgh who needed the game to make the playoffs. This Pittsburgh team is better than that one, though. Mm -hmm. So, at three, I don't mind laying it with Pittsburgh. I don't have a problem with what you did uh, as well. I love the Texans this week against Indianapolis, which kind of scares me a little bit. Because (laughs) I think Houston's defense... I don't like Houston's defense. Uh, I know they played well last week, but the Titans are a disaster on offense right now. And I've been most of the year. But... What we've seen from Indy over the last month, they're not a good football team. I don't think either of these teams are particularly good football teams. But the advantage of quarterback for Houston is a large one. Where Gardner Minshew this year is look, he's he is what he is. He's a quality backup. You're gonna get some good. You're gonna get some really bad. He is what he is. But I think the Texans right now are the better football team, and that outweighs Indy being at home in this game. Now, I think whoever wins this game is going to lose their first playoff game, whether Agreed. it be in Buffalo next week or in Kansas City. But I'll take the rookie standout and the better quarterback play and Houston finding a way in this game. I'm with you. I was surprised they came a dog earlier in the week. I'm not surprised they flipped to being a favorite. I still think it's good if you lay a dollar fifteen on the money line on Houston, Dan.
0: All right, I'm glad we're on the same page there. So those are the two games I had for Saturday. Then Sunday, Jeff, I had Lions minus three, Raiders minus two in the hook, and the Bears, what I think are playing in their Super Bowl game this year at plus three against the Cheeseheads. What do we think there?
1: All right, we'll hold the we'll hold the NFC North battle of that you have your eyes on more last. We'll keep Packers and Bears last. Detroit and Minnesota, I have no idea. Um. I think it's just more of how long do we see Detroit starters for. Um, if we see them the whole game, I'm with you. I think Detroit wins and they cover. Uh, but I wonder if they get out to a lead and and I know they're uh they're they're in the early slot, so they won't know uh what's going on with Dallas and Philadelphia, uh, who both play at 425 Eastern. But I just wonder if it's like, you know what, let we'll let Teddy play the second half. We'll go from there. We'll see what happens. That's the only concern I have on that one. Uh, The Raiders and the Broncos, I have no play in this game. I'm not really – I I don't like either of these teams. Uh, For the Raiders, I think there's a little more motivation because if they win this game and they end up uh, at 8-9, that's probably enough for Antonio Pierce to keep his job. Mm -hmm. And with what has been said over the last few weeks, the players want him to keep the job. So, I think there's a little bit of extra motivation for the Raiders in that game. So, I don't mind your side. And in the Green Bay-Chicago game, I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no clue. And in all honesty, Danny, this game should be for a playoff spot for the Chicago Bears also. Because of the games they blew this year. And quite frankly, ever since Justin Fields has come back, this has been a I. Forget just a reasonable football team. This has been a good football team since Justin Fields has come back. I mean, you had the game. They obviously had the three ridiculous blown games. The one against Cleveland where you're up 10 in the fourth quarter where Cleveland couldn't move the ball. The first Detroit game and the Denver game. You flip two of those, you're resting your guys. You're already in the playoffs this week. Uh, You flip one of them, you're playing for the playoffs. So I get the Super Bowl argument. I get that the Bears are playing really well. Uh, Green Bay's defense finally played okay last week, but I think that more to do with the Vikings, more it had yeah. to do with them. Uh, I, but I don't know. I, I I don't know if Green Bay. I it really would be surprised if Green Bay back to back years lost the final week of the season against a division rival at home to end up missing the playoffs because of it. But the Bears are playing great, and they're playing honestly in the NFC. They're playing as well as anyone other than San Francisco right now. So. It wouldn't shock me if Chicago wins this game outright. So I'm not touching it. Uh, I, I think the number at three is 100% right. Green Bay should get three points for being at home. And there you go. I, I have no problem with it. It's a really, really difficult game to handicap, just more on the virtue of just how good Chicago's been the last five weeks.
0: Yeah. And look, you're right. I mean, obviously, being at Lambeau, they certainly get a bump in the number from having that home field advantage. I wonder if a little of what's factored in too is just people thinking and knowing that they need this game to get in because if that was say if Chicago was playing for a playoff spot too I think this game would be a lot shorter in terms of the line right I think this would probably be like minus one and a half Green Bay or something like that at least that's my thought on the situation because you're right Jeff I mean Chicago has played like one of the better teams they've had a relatively easier schedule sure but This team still has so many loopholes and so many issues, and a lot of it is with the play calling and, yes, still the development of Justin Fields, but he's still putting them in positions to win. The defense has been outstanding since week 13, their first in EPA per play. Green Bay 28th in that span, by the way. Uh, Green Bay allowing their opponents six yards per play over their last three games. You bring up a valuable point saying, yeah, they look good last week. But then as you alluded to as well, well, it was against for a majority of the game, Jaron Hall, who looked like he's never taken a snap playing football in his entire life. So I'm not really taking too much out of that game. I I think Jordan Love and Justin Fields, game-by-game basis, it's a toss-up. Who has the advantage? Yes, Lafleur is the better coach than Eberflus and is the better play caller. But defensively, a big advantage, in my mind, goes to Chicago. And not only for the Bears with a chance to play spoiler, a chance to send Justin Fields out on a high note if he leaves, whatever it may be. If you recall the first game of the year when the Bears got absolutely embarrassed by the Packers at home, they didn't come out prepared whatsoever. They didn't come out with any fire. They mentioned it, too. They're like, yeah, the fans were there to support us, but we fell short of expectations. We got to do better, and especially with Aaron Rodgers out of the mix, that was their chance to prove it. They failed to do so. Not only can you do it again here, but you can do it while simultaneously keeping this team out of the playoffs. That's why when you're getting at the key number of three or better makes, in my mind, Chicago, the more attractive side, Jeff.
1: And again, it's, it's a tough game for me for a reason. I, I no. the, it's, if this game was in Chicago, I think the bears would be favored. Agreed. Um, and I would probably bet the bears in all honesty, if this game was in Chicago, but again, you know, Danny and, and the bears have the hardest quarterback decision I can remember in the league. I really, really have a hard decision coming up because you have the number one overall pick fields has been great since coming back other than that Minnesota game where he didn't play that well. Uh, But he's been great after that Minnesota, after the bye week uh, for the bears, but with, with what that number one pick would represent in trade value. uh, And I understand there's other things you have to look at with fields. It's, it's a pretty strong lean to me at this point that you keep fields I would fire the coaching staff, but I know they're going to keep them around mm-hmm. with how well they played uh, throughout the end of the year. Uh, but I would keep fields. I would trade down, try to stack up those picks and try to just build with all the first round picks that you're going to have off of this trade as well around Justin fields and try to go forward with him next year in a division that quite frankly, I expect regression from Detroit next year. Yeah. I don't know what to expect from green Bay and Minnesota is going to If they don't bring Cousins back, Minnesota's in quarterback hell. So it's there for the taking for Chicago next year.
0: Yeah, look, you're right, and that's why people also think keep Fields because then you add more weapons. Ideally, you get rid of Gatsy, get a competent play caller in there, and then this team is expected to to be a playoff squad and expected to be arguably, I guess I could say this a little bit biased, but you know the favorite to win the NFC North or right behind Detroit, who will probably be the favorite once again. But I'm with you, man, and I I think. That's where this organization is gravitating toward because you don't want to stir up the locker room with all these young, impressionable minds that are in there. You want to build something with this crew, and I think that's the best way to do it. Again, you know, luckily it's not our decision, but – you're right. It's a difficult one, nonetheless. So that's the the main talking point, certainly here in the Chicagoland area, all over sports radio and just in casual conversations. But Jeff, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, before we get to your thoughts in terms of the futures market for the playoffs, I do want to ask you about a couple awards here. This one is fascinating. Comeback Player of the Year. I'm just looking at FanDuel. I know the odds differ everywhere else, so shop around if you do want to get involved. But... I see DeMar Hamlin and we know that's still the favorite and a sizable one at that minus 340 at FanDuel. But Joe Flacco has been emerging. He has been the talk of the NFL over the past month. He's plus 280. Again, this is just at FanDuel. <laughs> how do we how do you handicap this award? I mean, again, you could obviously stay away from it, but this has to be one of the more Difficult. you talk about difficult decisions with the with the Bears and the quarterback. I mean, deciding on who gets this award makes it just seem in, incredibly tough. What do you think happens? It, it may not be what you would vote, but what do you think ends up happening?
1: All right, I'll make it very very simple. I would vote for Joe Flacco. They will vote for Demar Hamlin. That's what I think will happen. I think the and by they I mean the voters. Um, I, I would imagine that they will vote for Hamlin. Uh, Just because of everything that transpired that night in Cincinnati and the fact that even though he's played limitedly, the fact that he made it back, obviously an amazing achievement. Uh, But I would anticipate that it ends up being Hamlin. But Flacco's story is ridiculous. Like his career was over, Danny. His career was over. And he's come in, and Cleveland's offense, yeah, I know he's had turnover problems, but Cleveland's offense is the best it's looked all year with Joe Flacco. And they're legit, they're in the playoffs, they're locked into the five seed. Probably going to be a road favorite against the AFC South champion in the first round of the playoffs. So, yeah, I would vote for Flacco. I do think Hamlin wins, though. Um, and I just wonder if there was a way, like you just name the award after Hamlin, but you give it to Joe Flacco. Right, right. If you named it the DeMar Hamlin NFL comeback player of the year moving forward, I would have no problem with that either. Yeah. But I think in the end, I think Hamlin wins, even though I would vote for Joe Flacco right now.
0: I would stress the exact same things you said. I'm with you. I would vote Flacco, but I think the public sentiment is going to have these people voting for DeMar Hamlin. And look, you know, it would be a lot more easier of a decision, certainly, if DeMar Hamlin was getting quality playing time, too. But it's just like in any other year, it would be clear and cut, dry DeMar Hamlin. But like you said, I mean, what Flacco's doing is insanity. I mean, it's absolutely mind boggling. The fact that he literally came up off a couch after, you know, being on your jets and being a journeyman and being kind of whatever at those teams. And then several years later just comes in and is just playing. I don't want to say amazingly, but obviously good enough to get this team on a winning streak. So yeah, it's, it's been so fun to follow, but this is, this is going to be crazy to see how that comes down to the wire. And then look, you know, kind of correlated with Joe Flacco. Uh, Jeff, the other award I wanted to ask you about was coach of the year. And you're seeing Flacco's coach, Kevin Stefanski, as a sizable favorite. Uh, You have D'Amico Rhines behind him, Shane Steichen. And, you know, I think, you know, if Stefanski wasn't in the mix, they're playing in the coach of the year bowl this upcoming Saturday. And we already told you we both like Houston. And I did take a small investment to hedge on my Mike McDaniel coach of the year. I took it with D'Amico Rhines probably about a couple months ago. So I am a little bitter that Stefanski's getting the love, but do you think he's as solidified as a favorite as the sports books are telling us, or does my Ryan's bet have a chance?
1: Your Ryan's bet has a chance, Uh, but uh, it's gotta be Stefanski because the fact that they won 11 games, they had four quarterbacks, they lost their best offensive player in week two. They've had horrible injuries on the offensive line. Uh, I think it's got to be Stefanski, Danny. Uh, and, you know, I will say this. I will give the winner of the Houston Indy game on Saturday a chance. It could happen that, again, you're dealing with two teams that I, I know a lot of these betters don't look at win total markets, but Indy and Houston, the winner of that game is going to exceed their win total by three and a half wins, mm-hmm. which is a huge, huge number in this day and age, Danny. And with first-year
0: way, coaches too, and rookie quarterbacks at some point or another.
1: Correct. That's what I'm saying. I actually think if Steichen wins, he would have a better. I, I, I'm sure you'll you'll love this, but I think if Indy wins, Steichen would have a better argument for winning the award than Ryan's would have if Houston wins the game. Did you follow? That's what I that 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 that's how I think on it because one reason and one reason only. I know Stroud missed a few games, but. Anthony Richardson basically missed the whole season and they would win 10 games with Gardner Minshew and your backup quarterback on a roster that look, I don't think either of those rosters are any good, but Indy, I thought Indy's roster was as weak as anyone in the NFL coming into the year. And the fact that they, that Steichen would have in that scenario, gotten them to 10 wins. That to me would be a better case than Ryan's who also will get hurt by CJ Stroud winning offensive rookie of the year as well. Uh, So yeah, uh, I, I, I would say, Right now, in my order, Stefanski one, Steichen two, uh, and then I would have Ryan's three, and actually I'd have Sean McVay number four right now. Like um, but uh But in the end, I think Stefanski's got to win the thing. Danny.
0: Yeah, I hear you, my man. I hear you. Well, Jeff, we got a few minutes left with you, brother. Let's move on to the postseason. And kind of speaking of Sean McVay, a little bit of correlation here. My first question was going to be, What's a sneaky team that you think is worth a flyer to come out of the NFC? And why is it the Los Angeles Rams at 25 to 1?
1: Well, first off, I don't think anyone's beating San Francisco. That's what I'm going to preface mm-hmm. this all by saying. I just don't see anyone in the NFC going on the road and winning, winning, winning a road game there. Uh, now, you missed, now, you could have had about 50 to 1 about a month ago on the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say they are the only long shot choice. I will say this: I don't, lo- I, I don't think the Lions are as good as their record shows. But the fact that you're getting plus seven fifty a DK on them is a little bit steep. Uh, I, I think that's a reasonable price if you wanted to take a shot on the Lions.
0: I even um, see plus eight fifty.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they should have beaten Dallas in Dallas last week. Yeah, there's no reason to think they can't. I would, would be more concerned about their three six game actually, just getting through that game. But if they get through it, like you're gonna, they would have a real shot of being in the NFC title game. Now I don't see them going to San Francisco and beating the Niners, but at, at plus eight fifty, I think that's reasonable if you want to take a shot on the Lions. Uh, I don't want anything to do with either of the NFC East teams. Uh, but look, it is the Rams. You have a quarterback and coach that won the Super Bowl together just two years ago. You have really good weapons on offense. Kyron Williams has been great. We know how good Nakua has been. We know how good Cup is. I'm just concerned about that defense against high-end offenses, Danny. I don't know if they'll be able to slow the better offenses in the conference down. So that would be my one holdup on the Rams on the NFC side. Uh, On the AFC side, the only bet on a long shot to be made is Cleveland. I just don't see them winning three road games to get Mm -hmm. to a Super Bowl. I I just don't see that. Uh, Even with how great Flacco's been, I I think that's a stretch. Um, Plus, money on Baltimore feels pretty good right now, Danny. Uh, In all honesty, you have home field, you have the buy. If the bracket breaks right for them, they're either getting the Browns, where I just don't see Flacco going in there and winning, or the AFC South champ in round one in their first game. I just don't see them losing. And in Buffalo, if, look, if they have to beat Buffalo in the AFC side title game, so be it. The game's in Baltimore. But if it's not Buffalo, I mean, they're going to be, even if it's Kansas City, they're going to be like a five-point favorite against the Chiefs in an AFC title game. Uh, I think plus 140 is pretty darn good on the Ravens, in all honesty. If you can get better than that, I would take that on Baltimore to win the AFC with everything that's at play now.
0: All right, let me ask you this question. I kind of just thought of this looking at these odds right now. Say I gave you, I don't know, five to one on both of these teams to come out of their conference. Would you rather invest in the Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs to do just that?
1: Kansas City, it's not even close. Mm. It's not even close. The Eagles are done. The Eagles are completely done. Because on top of not playing well over the last month, Sirianni's lost the room, it's, it feels like at least. And Matt Patricia is a horrible defensive coordinator. And all, like, there's nothing that we have seen from Philly, to, honestly, for since they beat Kansas City, that says, hey, this team's capable of beating a good team in the playoffs. Kansas City, on the other hand, now, they are not good. Mahomes is in the middle of his worst year ever. His receivers stink. Kelsey's a shell of himself this year, whether it's off the field things, which I think is BS, or that he's just <laughs> not healthy which I think it's what it is more than anything. Yeah. They could still like if Danny, let's think about this for a second. If Buffalo loses and Pittsburgh wins this weekend. Okay. Let's say every, and Jacksonville wins. Let's say everything happens that needs to knock Buffalo out of the playoffs. Okay. Who's the second best team in the AFC playoffs after Baltimore, if that's the case, it's either Cleveland or Kansas city. I'm not buying Miami with all their injuries to win three playoff games. So Kansas City, in that scenario, Buffalo misses the playoffs outright. They would get Houston or Indy in their first playoff game, which is a gift. They're going to beat either of those teams. And then they would get Miami more likely than not in the second playoff game. Or if somehow Pittsburgh upsets them, they get a whole, another home playoff game. So I look I, again. I don't think the Chiefs are good enough to get there, but you still have Mahomes, you still have Reed, you still have a defense that's a top ten quality defense. And if Buffalo misses the playoffs, someone's got to vo- fill the void of the second best team in the conference. And look, I, Kansas City on the road in Baltimore—I don't think they'd win, but it's Patrick Mahomes. Anything can happen when you have that dude, even with the year that they've had.
0: See, so you're right, and. I feel like you and I have been pretty good, just like when we're always talking about the postseason. We're pretty good at still believing that with Patrick Mahomes, even when he's, I don't want to say he's an underdog, but when there's been other favorites to overcome their team. But this year just feels so different with them. And I think the argument I would make out of the AFC is, I it, look, if Miami has the home field advantage, I think I give them the nod over Kansas City and Cleveland. And I'm not saying Miami is a home field advantage with their crowd, but I just think it's such so much more of a disadvantage for them to have to play in Kansas city or in Cleveland. So that's why I still think despite the injuries because of their home field advantage, they would have that Miami would still be the better of those two teams. And again, their defense has improved. Yes. They're banged up in that regard, but if you get waddle healthy and Tyreek can still manage to play, I still give them the nod, but I don't think it's enough to where, you know, I'm slamming my fist on the table screaming at you, but I give them a, I give them a slight advantage over those two teams, but it's, it's honestly a fascinating conversation out of the AFC outside of Baltimore.
1: Yeah. Which probably leads us to Baltimore, just steamrolling through. I
0: mean,
1: (laughs) again, I didn't, I still think the Ravens have their flaws. But the one thing that they've done as well as any good team in recent memory is they have played up when they played the big time competition this year. Right. They've crushed the big time competition. I mean, their losses, the Cleveland game was a weird one that they lost the Pittsburgh one. They just choked. And then the Indy game, they, they were without eight starters in the game. So like this team has been under the radar, but a dominant team most of the year. So Again, I, I I expect them to be here in Vegas for the Super Bowl against the Niners. We get that rematch of the Christmas night game. But I do expect that result to be different when the Niners play the Ravens a second time.
0: Jeff Parles, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Parles. Can catch him hosting Sports by the Book over at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa. He'll get you covered with, obviously, the college football championship game coming up on Monday. And then all the NFL action for this week and throughout the postseason and beyond that. Jeff, my man, appreciate your time. Best of luck with all your plays this weekend. We'll have to do this again soon, my friend.
1: Danny, love it as always. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, there you have it. Jeff Parles, the one and only. You can follow him, remember, on Twitter, at Jeff Parles. Great work hosting Sports by the Book over at the South Point. Hotel, Casino, and Spa at the tip of the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's going to be a wrap as we head into NFL Week 18. Like I always say on my website, if I have anything additional to my slate of bets, be sure to check it out on my Twitter, at burke 5 On the website, Burksbeat.com. that's where all of it will always be posted if it's not already said out loud here on the podcast. And always appreciate it if you like and subscribe. That's how we get this thing bigger, and that's how we can have a lot more fun. So appreciate you, as always, for tuning in. Best of luck with your wagers. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, take care.